Don't look back because the market is closed. Good Wednesday afternoon, everyone. Kip Harrods here with the Deadly VR Investing Podcast. Um, you know, we like to do some digging here. Research is really our thing. And uh, we're always looking for the next mega trend. We're looking for the next trend that's going to move the markets higher or lower. Uh, the VRA Investing Systems does a lot of that work for us. But, uh, but Tyler and I like to look at possibilities in addition to probabilities. And uh, repeating patterns are really interesting to study. We think we found another one uh, where at least we're seeing the history may not be repeating exactly, but it could be rhyming in a pretty powerful way. Folks, as you know, we're looking for a melt-up here. We, we are extremely bullish. We have been for a long time, unapologetically. Uh, we didn't really get our way today as much, but uh, we had all-time highs yesterday in NASDAQ and the Qs. By the way, we did it again today, even though the Dow was down 71 points at 33,874. We had the NASDAQ up 18 points off its highs, of course, had a little bit of leakage into the close, not much really. But anyway, NASDAQ all-time highs at 14,271. The Qs just eked out, QQQ, NASDAQ 100, also eked out another all-time high. And uh, Russ 2000 was up a third of a percent. So kind of a quietish day, really. Uh, but uh, we, we see signs uh, that this is a, it's, it's like a perfect kind of a melt-up environment, if I'm being honest with you. And uh, we're not afraid to call it like we see it. That's how we see it. We've got tech growth momentum is leading again. Primarily the mega tech caps, mega cap techs are leading. Uh, Fang, if you will, are leading the way. Uh, everyone that said that, uh, that, that that tech and growth and momentum were dead uh, back in uh, a couple months ago, and the value was going to lead for another for a decade now. <laughs> no man, this is not that bull market. This is this is the bull market where tech leads for an extended period of time because that that's the melt up bull market we all want to be in when that is what's occurring. So let me cover a couple of things here. We have earnings season coming up. And uh, it's going to be huge, folks. This is this is the second quarter. It's going to be a Goliath of a, of a quarter for corporate earnings. Uh, and also, just reminders: we started covering last week. We're now in one of the very best. I think this is a this is a top uh, uh, three month of the year, three month period, thirty day period, from June sixteenth to July sixteenth. It, this this 30-day period outperforms 87% of all 30-day periods of the year with an average gain in the S&P 500 of 3.1%. So we have a bullish setup uh, from seasonality point of view. Uh, we've got a, a extremely bullish setup when it comes to what's happening in earnings, of course, with liquidity. The two most important things that drive markets higher and lower, earnings and liquidity. And uh, second quarter earnings are not only going to be big, they're going to be blowout big. Remember, First quarter uh, comps to, to first quarter last year. I mean, everybody knew that first quarter we were going to blow away last last year's first quarter because, of course, that was the onset of coronavirus insanity this year, and so uh, uh, or last year. And so we knew this first quarter was going to be much better. But analysts didn't even get close to getting that right. Uh, analysts were projected growth for the first quarter of sixteen percent, but it actually came in at fifty eight percent. So just a little bit off. They're doing the same thing in the second quarter. Second quarter earnings are going to be uh, – these will be uh, – like people's mouths will be open when these earnings reports start coming out. And that's – again, we've still got to wait about two and a half weeks for that to start. But we have something else that's about to happen that tells us this market is ready to rock and roll. 
And that is we're about to enter not only a new month, which is always bullish. We have uh, uh, fund flows coming in, of course, from pensions, retirement accounts, et cetera. They're coming at the uh, beginning on the, the first of every month, and the markets anticipate that, of course. So they start to, 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 to gravitate higher uh, in, in, in just before that. So we're talking about, you know, what we're almost – today's the 24th. Today's the 23rd. So we're talking about just a matter of just a few days, right? Th these funds are going to be flowing into the market, into equity specifically. But we also have this, the beginning of a new quarter. And so you have an even higher equity fund flow that takes place. Um, and so that's, that's why we believe this is like a near-perfect setup. But, there, but there's more. Uh, I mean, so I actually tweeted this out this morning. I'm just going to kind of read it to you. So <clears throat> this is why this is a near-perfect setup for a melt-up environment right now. Investors are afraid. Remember, yesterday, yesterday the fear and greed index was at 33. We had an all-time high. <laughs> we had an all-time high in, in the queues in NASDAQ yesterday, and the fear and greed index was 33. That's fear. That's fear territory. How is that even possible? Well, again, it's, if, as contrarians, you look at that and you go, well, my God, you couldn't have a better melt-up environment. That's called a wall of worry right there, brother, and that's when the markets go up. The markets make fools out of the majority as much as they possibly can. That's what the market's primary role is, is to make the majority wrong. This is why we're lifelong contrarians here. It's also, by the way, one of the reasons we're calling for negative rates eventually in the U.S., probably uh, 2024 or so. Uh, again, why not? They're negative in Japan and Germany. Why wouldn't they be negative here? If you saw Tyler talking about this yesterday in the podcast, um, uh, was it uh, Christine Lagarde, head of the ECB, was just defending negative rates and saying what a blessing really they've been uh, to the European Union, uh, so uh, to the ECB and all the countries that are part of it. So, uh, you know, again, that's, that's a contrarian call, but we have investors that are afraid. Q2 earnings are going to destroy estimates. Massive inflows are about to come in. Again, fresh month, fresh quarter, and tech is leading. This is a textbook setup for a market that has the potential to go sharply higher from here. And, of course, that's how we're positioned. Uh, my guess is that's how you're positioned as well. Uh, especially if you've been joining us here. If you're a member of the VRA, uh, well, you're invested like we are probably, at least have uh, some of our holdings. And if you're not, we'd love for you to come join us. So sign up anytime at VRAinsider.com. Again, VRAinsider.com, your first two weeks are free. We'd love to have you come check us out. Most people do, and they don't leave, and we love that. We have a great community here, and we'd love to, to welcome you as part of it. But either way, uh, thank you for listening to these podcasts, and thank you for your uh, continued feedback uh, good and bad, you know, we, 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 uh, we, we're thick-skinned here, so, you know, if we're saying something gets on your nerves or uh, you think something we're saying is wrong, challenge us, you know, Let, let's hear it from you. Um, okay, uh, I want to walk you through now something that, uh, that Tyler and I have been working on, talking a lot about, because the similarities are striking. When I start publishing this, and I'm going to start tomorrow, uh, and I'll, and I'll put out a series of tweets. It'll, it'll be in tomorrow's VRA update, so you're getting the first glimpse of it here. I've been writing about it, just kind of hitting at it, talking about the similarities. Uh, but uh, tomorrow we're going to go ahead and, and, and let this genie out of the bottle that it looks increasingly likely that Joe Biden is Bill Clinton. Joe Biden is Bill Clinton as far as presidents go. They're very different men uh, on, this, on, on the surface, of course. Uh, not sure if, uh, if uh, Biden keeps a cigar uh, uh, box in his office or not, or if, did he, if he enjoys cigars, or if he enjoys interns. But, uh, we're talking really about his job as president and the similarities 
that exists between these two men are really starting to jump out at us. So that's a very good thing, by the way. Why is that a good thing? Well, guess what the S&P 500 did during uh, uh, Bill Clinton's eight years in office? Up 26.2% was the average return over eight years. Best president. No, No one's done better. Eight years. I mean, who wouldn't take that, right? What else uh, uh, happened that was great during Clinton's time? And again, now you're starting to see the similarities, okay? Bill Clinton came into office and he had, just like Joe Biden has, the presidency, he had the House, and he had the Senate. Didn't last very long. Right at the first election, first midterms, Clinton lost it all. He lost the House and he lost the Senate and, he, and, he, and it was gone forever for him. His, his last six years, he had to, to, he had to, 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 to govern uh, without any power in the House or Senate. <clears throat> so he had to work across the aisle. He had to get things done, and he did. Well, let's talk about what else happened. That looks very similar to what's happening with Biden right now. If you've noticed, now again, Biden seems like a very liberal guy, doesn't he? Of all the, the, uh, the, 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 all the verbalizing, uh, the pandering to the left. Well, he sure sounds liberal, doesn't he? Folks, there's nothing about this guy that's liberal. He's a Democrat, so you could say he's more liberal, but he's an old white guy. He's old white conservative guy. He just is. The rest is, is, is kabuki theater. It's just acting class. And uh, I can't imagine the stuff he says behind the scenes. Uh, someone please record the truth about this guy because we really have it, don't we? You know, he was one of the fathers. I think they call him the father of the crime bill, 1993. You know, again, when Clint was president when he was talking about taking predators off the streets, right? And he said, we don't care what their background is. We don't care why they are underprivileged and why they've struggled. They must, they must be removed from the streets. That was Joe Biden in 1993. And so all this pandering about, uh, you know, we got to get rid of the police and uh, we have all these uh, aggressive, far, far left aggressive policies. What if that's just talk? What if that's nothing more than talk? Because look on the surface here. Look what just happened. If you're a Republican, if you're a conservative, if you're a patriot, frankly, one of your biggest concerns was a couple of things that, that might have been pushed through that now have failed completely. One, the Voting Rights Act. It really is a, a corruption act, right? They're, they wanted to, uh, Democrats want to rig the uh, federalized election process so it can be rigged. So they, like they, they rigged the presidency in 2020, clearly a rigged job. I mean, the, the evidence coming out now, even even the... Even the, even the farthest left person's not going to be able to avoid the truth of this as, as these state-by-state uh, -state investigations continue to take place. But uh, again, the, the Voting Rights Act they tried to pass failed. It didn't even really, they even, never even got the floor for a vote. Uh, it was a procedural vote, 50-50, but they never even got it to the floor because Democrats like Manchin and Kirsten Sinema and many others, by the way, said, no, they don't support this. You know, federalize the election. That, that's a scam. So that failed. What was the other big thing the Democrats were trying to go for? They wanted to get rid of the filibuster, right? Because with the filibuster, you got to have 60 votes in the Senate to pass anything in the Senate. Again, all these bills start in the House, but they must pass in the Senate. Well, that went down in flames. The filibuster still exists. So Biden, all of a sudden now, is like an executive order president. That's going to sound like a, a little bit like a, uh, like uh, Barack Obama? Yeah, because it is. So 
the damage that Biden can do to us, even if he were really a liberal, he's not really a liberal, even if the damage he can do, he can't do it anymore. It can't get passed now. So, but every, the, the, the sticking point, and I, many of you are probably listening right now, but wait a minute, what about, what about his, 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 his spending side? What about all this stimulus money? Folks, that was going to happen anyway. Remember, Trump tried to get a $2 trillion bill passed uh, on his way out, and they, they, they rolled it way down, right? Trump wanted to spend a lot more money. Many Republicans did as well. That was going to happen either way. Democrats held that up because they wanted to give it to Biden instead. Well, that money has been allocated now. Yeah, there's talks of a $6 trillion bill, but look at – do you think that's going to happen? I don't think that's going to happen. The infrastructure bill that they're looking like they're going to be able to, to agree to both, both Republicans and Democrats is only going to be about $1, one trillion plus. You know, that was supposed to be much, much bigger. Uh, I think at one point they were talking about $4 trillion for infrastructure. So that's not happening. So now we're starting to see, okay, this guy is already starting to, to, to govern like much more of a moderate. So, again, we don't hear people talking about this. We think Biden as Clinton could have profound implications, both for the economy and for the markets, in a really positive way. And you're like, yeah, you gotta maybe if you're if you're a patriot, if you're a conservative, if you're even a moderate conservative, maybe you gotta hold your nose when he when Biden calls us all white supremacists. Here's the whole, here's the whitest guy in the country, right? His mentor was a, a grand dragon or whatever, grand wizard of the KKK, and he's calling us uh, white supremacists. I mean, my God, his son uses the N word over and over again, but we're the white. I mean, right? So it's all a scam. It's all a joke. You know, it's all gaslighting and projection. It just is. But if we just ignore all that nonsense, okay, that mental masturbation, which is really what it is, we get down to the heart of it, the things that really impact the country most. If you stay off Twitter and social media and, and maybe don't watch Fox or CNN or MSNBC, all that garbage, you know, the poison that uh, comes out from the television, then you get to the truth and you go, if, if, if Joe Biden is going to actually wind up governing as Bill Clinton, the economy is going to do real well. Bill Clinton actually had a, 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 a he, he, had, he didn't run deficit spending. He, ran, he, he had he had, uh, he had credit spending. I mean, he, had, he was saving money. We were actually paying down the debt under Bill Clinton for a short period of time. Again, the economy did great. The markets again, twenty six percent a year under under Bill Clinton. No one's done better. Uh, we were going to have stimulus either way. We frankly needed it because of the insanity of coronavirus and the way that they handled these lockdowns, et cetera, et cetera, under Trump, by the way. Um, so that's what we're working on. We, again, history doesn't always rhyme, uh, repeat, but it often rhymes. How interesting would that be? How Regardless of what your political persuasion is, we would, I believe we would all take a strong economy and a strong stock market. And we can handle the verbal gymnastics that we have to put up with from the other side, right? As long as what's actually getting passed from Congress. And folks, if you're paying attention like we are, wow. Talk about a blowout in the midterms. Wow. I don't know about – I can't – I don't know enough about what's happening in the Senate to say the Senate's going to go back to, to Republicans. I, I believe it will. I believe it will. But the House is going to be a massive swing. Matt, we're only four short, uh, seats short now. Remember uh, uh, another sign that the election was rigged. 
with in house in, in head-to-head battles between Republicans and Democrats in the in the House, Republicans won 27 out of 27 races. Okay, that doesn't happen when your side is losing the presidency. Okay, uh, but uh, the point being, again, midterms if they go the way that I think they're going to go. I believe I can speak for Tyler as well. A lot of leading Republicans are saying it's going to be a landslide for Republicans, probably the Senate too. Then you're looking at the exact same setup that Bill Clinton had. Joe Biden will have to, to govern as, as a moderate because nothing will get passed. And guess what else, folks? I'll leave you with this, this, this comment. And thank you for your patience and let me, let me walk through all this. It's how I kind of put my, uh, my, my thesis together. If all that happens, we're going to have a bunch of gridlock. What do the markets love more than anything? Gridlock in Washington, D.C. If they can't pass stuff, they can't do damage to us. So well, let's, uh, let's hope that's the case. Frankly, I believe that the Ron DeSantis is going to win the presidency in 2024 either way if he runs. I don't believe Trump will run. And uh, some of this argument will be moot. But at least for the next couple, three years, you know, we, uh, we, we could have an, an economic setup that will be much more positive for our country uh, moving forward. Okay, let's take a look under the hood today. Again, the market says lost a little bit of steam today. Again, all-time highs in NASDAQ and the Qs. The VIX continues to fall now back to 16.3, headed a lot lower. The 10-year was up a little bit today, 1.48 on the yield basis. But, uh, again, we got negative rates at, at point, uh, uh, negative 0.88. Okay, and that's being generous. Uh, the real rates, the real rates, uh, which of course is the ten-year minus rate of inflation. Inflation is so much higher than two or three percent. Negative rates are like minus four percent. The real rates minus four plus. So <clears throat> again, that's extraordinarily uh, uh, positive, both for equities and for precious metals and miners. Um, let's look under the hood today. Uh, and our advanced decline today, much better, by the way, much much better. We've had. Awful internals that really bothers us here because, you know, a very investing system, a lot of it from a timing point of view relies on how the internals are looking because they really tell you the health or the lack thereof of the markets. And the last week has just been stinky. I mean, frankly, if this market wasn't so strong, we would have seen a really big shakeout last week. That could have happened. But the economy is so strong. We know we, everything in front of us, right? Second half of the year, again, second quarter earnings, boom, boom, boom. This melt-up environment we've been talking about, it, that's why the market didn't get cracked. Uh, and now the internals are improving. This is kind of the pattern. We saw it today, even with the market that was flat to, flat to lower, I guess you'd call it. Certainly for S P 500, it was down four points. And again, Dow down uh, 71. Really not a whole lot happened in there. But still, to have these internals, we'll take this every day. Uh, positive internals, uh, uh, advanced decline, uh, NYSE, not, not, no great shakes, but positive. NASDAQ, much more solidly positive. Again, we're not even talking two to one. We'll call it one and a half to one for NASDAQ. Up-down volume, much better story here. Most technicians will tell you volume, matter, volume matters more. Uh, but, I, I, but I also know other folks that tell you advanced decline matters more, breath matters more. But volume today for NASDAQ was two to one positive, better than two to one positive. Very good to see. And almost two to one positive for NYSE. And finally, I knew 52 week highs lows came in 319 stocks hitting new 52 week highs to just 41 hitting new 52 week lows. Again, Tyler covered this yesterday. We had five days this year where we've had negative readings in, uh, in, in 52 week highs to lows. Some would say, but yeah, the market's hitting all-time highs. That's the way it should be, and, and you'd be right. But fact is, it's actually happening, right? It's expected, 
and it's happening. That's that's a, that's a confirmation. Um, okay, at the uh, let's take a look at the uh, sector watch today. Different story here. Again, nothing really big either way. But we did have eight sectors lower, three higher. The downside utilities down one percent. Uh, I can't really explain that. Utilities are kind of their own beast, to tell you the truth. The upside, consumer discretionary, up 6 cents to 1%. Everything else, frankly, pretty much flat. Uh, and then uh, uh, in our commodity watch today, <clears throat> let's see. Yeah, commodity watch today. Gold today, back this pile of 1776 was a good year. And right now, it's that's where we're stuck in the gold price for a couple of days. 1776 announced flat on the day. Uh, silver today, uh, five cents an ounce at twenty five ninety one. We love silver. We love copper here as well. Copper today rallying once again, uh, two point one percent at four thirty one a pound. The uh, Glencore CEO came out and said that we will need to double copper production by twenty fifty because of what's happening in the economy and the uh, the move to the electric electrification of the planet with all these new environmental uh, alternative energies. Uh, I don't know how you double uh, copper production. In the next, what is that, less than 30 years, folks, but uh, they say they got to get it done. Copper price is going a whole lot higher. We love this group here. Really like it on this pullback. Oil today, boom. Tyler's forecast is for $100 oil. Uh, we might get there a lot sooner than even he said. Uh, we're, we're, getting, we're inching up there, folks. A new high from post to 2018, September 2018. A new closing high today. Oil, West, Te- West Texas Intermediate, the good stuff. At uh, at seventy three twenty eight, up forty three cents a barrel, and finally Bitcoin. We wrote this up today. Bitcoin uh, is uh, is struggling here below the two hundred day. You know, uh, anything anytime you've got an investment that stays below the two hundred day moving average for like a couple weeks, that starts to weigh on a on a stock or an investment. It's the two hundred day moving average is very key. It's a psychological moving average that that is held up over the, te- the test of time. And Bitcoin's below it still, uh, even though it's had a decent rally uh, off the lows of 29 and chain, 29.8 yesterday, back right now at 33,150, up 657. We, uh, our, our, our game plan here is right now we're holding it. We're not adding to positions right now. We're holding. Want to see Bitcoin get back above the 200-day. Otherwise, there is some risk here. And I'll tell you something else. I, I think because of what's happened with, with Dogecoin and these other cryptos that are just really taken out to the woodshed, You've got a lot of millennials, which now are controlling the real estate market. They're, they're now uh, empowering the retail investors in equities. Uh, they are now f- starting to fall in love with equities, right, more than Bitcoin. That's what I see happening here. But it started with the meme stocks, right? It all started with – Bitcoin got millennials in. This is going to be the wealthiest generation in the not-too-distant future. And Bitcoin brought them back in. They, they were raised watching their parents lose their homes, watching the financial crisis take place in 2008, 2009. They hated investing, wanted nothing to do with it, had a negative outlook on investing in anything. And they were right to, to feel that way. My God, the last 20 years have sucked. And look at all the bad things that have happened in the last 20 years. So I think we're due for a good 20-year time frame, aren't we? Aren't we really due for 20 years of success and prosperity and no wars? Well, millennials certainly are falling back in love with vesting. Bitcoin started it. Now they're meme stocks, AMC, GameStop, etc. Really gotten them back interested. They're looking for the next ten bagger. That's ha- where we happen to specialize. And stocks have the opportunity to go up at least a thousand percent or more. And uh, we're seeing it uh, across the board that the millennials are back, and they're in, these are long-term mega trends. These are not short-term patterns. 
And so, again, that's a real positive. But I think there, there, some of the allure has worn off of Bitcoin and cryptos. And now that, 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 those funds that we're seeing in fund flows, wow. The fund flows are just, I, I tweeted this earlier today, going to arrive tomorrow. Fund flows are just, you just can't believe the fund flows, the way they're, they're, the equity fund flows are, are taking place. I mean, it's going to be at least a double uh, 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 from our best year ever this year. I mean, that's how big this looks like it can be this year for uh, inflows into equity funds. And then also share buybacks. Again, you're looking at that could be a double on our best record ever. Uh, share backs are back big. Uh, so anyway, folks, listen, uh, as always, we appreciate you joining us here. Again, join us anytime at VRAinsider.com. Again, my name is Kip Harridge. We'll look forward to seeing you back here tomorrow after the close. <laughs>